Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. Welcome to the Dell Wamsley Radio Show. <laughs> Dell challenges the status quo, questions everything, and empowers you to return to your core beliefs to make your life better. If you're ready to hear the truth and get your roadmap to the lifestyle you really want, the next hour will change your life. And now your host, self-made millionaire, national award-winning investor of the year, CEO and founder of Lifestyles Unlimited, Del Wamsley. Welcome to the Del Wamsley Radio Show, where the hype ends and the help begins. I'm your host, Del Wamsley, and as always, we're working on your financial freedom. With me here today on Tell Dell Tuesday is uh, Cornell and Vivian Williams. This is a family that uh, has been with us for quite a long time, about 12 years, I believe, or somewhere along that amount of time. Um, Actually, 2007, I guess that makes that 13 years, so I was off by one. Sorry, guys. (laughs) They're out of Dallas area, and they've uh, done a tremendous uh, number of different apartment complexes and other types of real estate investments. And we're happy to have them on the show today to be able to explain to you their strategy. Welcome, guys. Thank good morning. You. Thank you. Thank you. We've had you on before, but it's always good to have you back and uh, hear where you're at now. You've done so many different deals, it's hard for me to keep up with you. Uh, you're movers and shakers. So uh, why don't we start mm-hmm. by just telling people a little bit about yourself and how you got into real estate in the first place, since I think you owned a property before you even came to Lifestyles. Did you not? Yes, yes. So, as you know, Dale, we came from uh, Detroit, Michigan, and um, we were um, already uh, real estate investors. Actually, we met in a real estate investment club in Detroit, Cornell and I did, and I was a property manager for the group. And um, so, as we got married, we started buying uh, properties in Detroit, uh, two-family units, and also we bought an eight-unit. Uh, that we still own today. Um, and I, my background, um, I was a computer programmer, and after we had children, I went back to school and um, became an interior designer. So uh, Cornell can tell you a little bit about his background. Well, actually, I used to work for Ford Motor Company. I was an engineer for Ford Motor Company. <clears throat> but as Vivian said, on the side, you know, uh, <clears throat> somewhere way back, <clears throat> We actually uh, started investing in real estate. We start real estate, you know, was a good vehicle for uh, obtaining financial freedom back then. And again, she already kind of told you we purchased several two families and eight units, which really kind of got us kick started. That we we actually still own back in Detroit. Mm-hmm. 
Well, I'm just going to run some of these numbers out of here. A 41 unit in 2009, a 70 unit in 2010, 2012, you picked up a property that was owned uh, from uh, another partnership or from one you were in, and then you took it over. Uh, in 2015, 180 units in Arlington, 100, 2017 did 256 units in Waco, still have that one. And 2019 did 103 units in Arlington, still have that one. So here's the question. I mean, that's, I just read off probably 500 to 1,000 units there. And you still own an eight unit in Detroit. Does, does your family live there? What's the deal? <laughs> actually, yeah, we still do have family here. They're, my brother actually used to own it. Um, I mean, not manage it. <laughs> my brother actually used to manage it. And to be honest with you, uh, he was kind of up in age. So we just kind of kept it because it was our first start apartment building. And he really didn't have much to do. So we just kept it for him to do. And unfortunately, he passed away last year. So now we're getting to the point where we're probably going to sell it. Yeah. And it. I mean, it was paid for free and clear, good cash flow. So we just, and it was very easy to run. A lot of long-term tenants. So we just decided to keep it. I, I figured it had to be all family members living there or something. It's like you just couldn't get rid of it. It was too personal. Yeah. You know, yeah. it's like that first friendship ring you, you still have deep somewhere in one of your boxes somewhere. Just, you know, you can't get rid of it. Doesn't really mean much anymore. But so that's cool. Um, moving on. Uh, when you came here, Cornell, into Dallas, were you, did had you already left Ford Motor, or were you working for Ford when you came to Dallas? Actually, I had just retired from Ford Motor Company. Uh, we retired in 2007. We came to Dallas in 2007. We just got tired of the snow there. We wanted a little bit more warmer weather, so we went from the uh, extreme cold to the extreme heat. Well, you know, I did the same thing, but when the day I dropped in Dallas, it's an amazing story. The day I dropped in Dallas, Dallas had the largest snowstorm they'd ever had in their entire history. <laughs> and so I right went to now? Houston. <laughs> I just kept driving and going, no, I'm coming from Wisconsin. I'm going to Houston. There's no way. I'm going to the beach. So it didn't work out for me. That's oh, great. Wow. So you guys got started here and uh, jumped right in, got a 41 unit. Uh, tell us about that. What What, what got you started in a multifamily right off the bat, because you'd already done the eight unit, done the duplexes and stuff. That is correct. We had done uh, the eight unit. We have done duplexes. And uh, when we actually came to Dallas, you know, we were looking to tap into the market here and we came across lifestyles and, you know, it was a no brainer that that was a roadmap to take. So we were actually going to buy like, you know, a little 20 unit by ourselves, but after finding lifestyle and, uh, Ran across the 41 unit. That was exactly what we needed. Yeah, that was. And, go ahead, Vivian. Go ahead. I was going to say just the way that um, lifestyles kind of opened up our horizons to um, allow us to see something bigger um, through syndications. And we thought, okay, we can bring along some partners and we can do something uh, bigger than we could do on our own. So it really broadened our horizons. Yeah, And mind you, when we came to Dallas, you know, we were new. We were new transplants. We weren't uh, Texans. So we did, we didn't know the area. We didn't know any vendors. We didn't know any bankers. We didn't know anything. We didn't even know the city. We actually learned the city 
through uh, traveling on road trips. So, like I said, that was the perfect roadmap, joining up with Lifestyle, where uh, we learned the city, we learned the vendors, the uh, attorneys, the contractors, you name it. It was exactly what we needed. You know, um, it's interesting. Your story is so vivid in my mind. Sorry, Vivian. <laughs> so vivid in my mind. It's play on words there, but it's because you guys got into a deal and you've had two deals now where there was partnership changes. And I remember being called to Dallas from Houston to look at this deal that you guys were in that was upside down and silly or sideways or something. And, uh, you know, the answer was for you guys to take it over and fix it. And, you know, I don't want to go into the names of anybody because, you know, it's long gone and past. But the bottom line, do you, do you remember that? I mean, you've got to remember that. That was that was the most interesting thing because there was a group effort to solve a problem, and you guys stepped up and did it. Right, right. We we had actually invested passively in that deal um, and, and concurrently working on the, uh, the 40 unit that we had in Dallas. And um, so we... Um, we kind of knew the deal was going sideways because ours was going the right way, and this other one wasn't much different. It was purchased kind of similar, you know, and so uh, the, the partners kind of looked to us. They, we all got together, and they looked to us because we already had the experience um, of, of um, running and uh, purchasing multifamily. So they looked to us and said, would you guys, you know, take this over and turn it around? And so... It was a very, very tough decision for us to do that. It was not easy at all. Uh, we knew it was going to be a struggle, and so we hesitated. But then in the end, we wanted to protect our investment as well, so we decided to take it over and um, and um, managed it and, and turned it around. And uh, it turned out really well for our partners. And one yeah. of the things that motivated us also was it was actually a lot, a lot of uh, retired individuals in that deal that we have kind of gotten to know and a lot of them you know they had the all their retirement money in there and we just we just we just felt the duty that we need to try to do something for them so that motivated us also well you know i've been doing this for 30 years and there's only been like maybe three maybe four deals like this where something went sideways maybe five i'm thinking trying to think everything i'm thinking as hard as i can maybe five in 30 years where something went sideways and somebody else had to step up and turn it around. And it's just such an incredible story because it's one thing to take something out of the blocks. It's your plan. You're in control. You've got the setup money. Everything's, you know, planned out in advance. And it's another to take it over after someone has set it going the wrong direction and you're losing money and the, the occupancy's down and the name of the property's bad in the street and so on and so forth. We'll take a short break, come back and talk about the good deals that Cornell and Vivian have done. We'll be right back with Del Wamsley Radio Show. Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. 
LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. Talk 13.7, the right choice. Welcome back. Now here's some more unconventional wisdom to set you free from the man on a mission to retire America one person at a time, Del Wamsley. Welcome back to Del Wamsley Radio Show with me today on Del, Tell Del Tuesday is uh, Cornell and Vivian Williams out of the DFW area. And um, they've got quite a resume here. Uh, they've done multiple, multiple, multiple number of apartment complex deals. And I want to get with them. They've been with us for 13 years and I've had them on the radio a couple different times, but I still want you to be able to get from them their story. Guys, what do you think was most important about your story? I mean, you've got now, it looks like, two apartments you're still holding on to with, you know, three, 400 units total, actually three apartments with over 400 units. What do you think is the most important part about your story? Because, I mean, you've bought and sold, bought and sold, bought and sold. You've done a lot of movement in properties. Tell us a little bit about that. A lot of people don't move that many times from property to property. What is your story behind that? Well, part of it was um, timing. You know, uh, the market um, is selling the properties um, at the right time to maximize the, the returns for our investors. So... That was part of it, and also um, we wanted to we want to get to retirement, true retirement, um, eventually here, and so we needed to build up our net worth as well, and so that money needs to keep working and turning in in order to do that. So that that's the main thing is that we really do want to get to be uh, passive investors, full time passive investors at some point here. So that that was part of it. Did you have something? okay? Cornell, do you want to follow up on that? Well, I, I would have to say that also. And, of course, you know, uh, we have to take this roadmap to actually get to the point where we really reach financial freedom. And uh, we've gotten to the point, you know, where we, we feel that we're financially free. You know, we can kind of pretty much do what we want to do when we want to do it. So that was a big part of it also. Well, are you are you working now? I thought you had you quit working. We're just doing this stuff now. This is all we yeah, do. This is all we do. But we do manage. Um, we were managing um, some of the properties ourselves before we sold, and we are managing the last one we bought, the small one, uh, the small one, the hundred and three unit in Arlington. So we're not totally retired um, as passive investors, but we're still actively involved in the management of some of the property. So I guess you could say we're partially retired. 
I got you. So uh, on the one you say you're managing, of course, you're a management company, correct? You're not actually not over there correct. sitting on site managing and doing all that stuff. Correct. correct. Oh, no, we, no. we manage the day-to-day -day activities with the staff that we have. Okay, I just want to make that clear for the audience. They're not sitting right. in an apartment complex somewhere managing it. They're, you know, they're just doing the uh, management company type stuff, which is asset management type stuff, right. making the big decisions. Yeah. So um, let's talk about which property you think you had your greatest gain. You've done so many. I don't know which ones you want to talk about. Let's pick a couple and start talking about them. Tell us what you've done with them. Well, it's ironic that the property that we actually took over, uh, that we weren't initially the lead on, we uh, had one of our best gains on that property, believe it or not. And that's why we said real estate, real estate is uh, really forgiving. We took a failing property, turned it around, and that was one of the uh, best properties that we have had as far as returning the uh, investment back to the, to the partners. Yeah, that deal kind of put you on the map up there in Dallas, didn't it? Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. Um, I mean, we won't go into all the details, but we pretty much got put through the fire on that one. Uh, so we figured if we could get through this property with all the challenges that we had, I mean, the property was in uh, – the, the previous lead had put a lot of money into it and just put the wrong tenants in there, and it was tor torn back up. Um and it looked like, um, I mean, it was just bad prostitutes and drug dealers and uh, boarded up windows. And there was a spot that the uh, somebody had run into the property and he just boarded it up. And, it, I mean, it, it, it was just bad. Um, and then uh, so we kind of made a name for ourselves with, with that property because everybody that was there at the time knew what we went through to turn that property around. We had no money. He had, like, $700 in the bank, and the taxes were due the next month when we took it over. So it, it was, we definitely got put through the fire. So I think that that gave a lot of, uh, of the passive um, confidence that we could pretty much take on just about anything. <laughs> but to take one like that, you know, that was selling so bad and turn it around and that be one of the properties with the better return is really, really ironic. Yes. It's a it's a testament to uh, real estate and and how you can with the right management and purchasing the right property um, you can do very well uh, with the right roadmap. What did you guys do differently that, that turned it around so much? Because I I remember the whole story. I just don't want to take your glory away from you. <laughs> I want you to be able to tell the story, but it was an amazing thing. What do, what do you think it was that really made the difference when you guys took over? Uh, I think. The management, just paying attention to the details um, is very important to, to know the market, to know your staff, to know what they're capable of, what they're not capable of, um, watching the budget, making sure that you are following your uh, pro forma, following what you plan to do, and, make, and measuring those metrics to make sure that you're, he you're hitting all the metrics that you had projected. Um, so it really was just about at that time, I mean, it was a tough time, um, 2010, 11, 12. I mean, it was rough. Uh, the economy was, was, was bad. Um, you really just had to pay attention to the details. And uh, so that's pretty much. And also, Dale, I don't think you've heard this before. But we all want to say uh, also <laughs> best product at best price. <laughs> right. 
Yeah, there's no doubt. You know, I remember when I used to tell this story. This is this because this story's like now ten years old, better, longer. Mm -hmm. I used to tell this story, and I say, look, and here's what we did: is that we had one owner take off the bulletproof vest and give it to to Vivian, and and give Cornell the sawed-off shotgun, and Vivian the switchblade, <laughs> and Cornell got the empty checkbook, and they just said, it's yours. <laughs> 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 that's what it felt. That's what it felt like, didn't it? I mean, I remember going yeah. over there, like, my gosh, what did this guy do? Holy smokes! And we had, I mean, we had like five or six super real estate investors all there, standing around the circle, going, "This is impossible. How did how did this happen?" That you turned it around, man. That's that's a beautiful thing. Now, where you're at right now, what what is your your system now? You've got this big 256 unit. Do you still have that one? Yes. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. We, uh, we actually have third-party management on that property. It's located in Waco, which is um, about an hour and a half from us. Um, so we have third-party management on that. It was a, it's a fairly large property, um, but it was, um, it was a, uh, I would say, a C-minus property. Um, we did a full, uh, well, not a full rehab. We did a, a partial rehab on it, um, turned, you know, turned the tenant base around. We were very involved with the management company in the beginning to make sure that the property got steered in the right direction. And um, so we, we're not managing that on a day-to-day -day basis. We're strictly asset managers on that property. All right. Well, we'll take a short break. We'll come back and talk about the one you are managing. We'll be right back with uh, Cornell and Vivian Williams. Odyssey celebrates Mother's Day, brought to you by T-Mobile. You can count on T-Mobile to help you stay connected on America's largest 5G network. Austin's Talk, 1370. Welcome back. Now, here's some more unconventional wisdom to set you free from the man on a mission to retire America, one person at a time, Del Wamsley. Welcome back to Del Wamsley Radio Show. With me here today on Tell Dell Tuesday is Cornell and Vivian Williams out of Dallas. And uh, they're talking about the uh, seven or eight different apartment complexes they've done since they've been members here. And the one we want to talk about next is the 103 units you're currently managing. Tell us about that property. Where is it at, and why did you like that one as a purchase? Well, that property is actually in Arlington, and we liked it uh, for a couple of reasons, because uh, I would say for probably four out of majority of our properties actually have been in Arlington. So we know the Arlington area very well, and when we saw this one come on the market, it was one that we couldn't pass up. Another thing we liked about it, we've purchased property at various stages of uh, being upgraded. You know, they say they've upgraded. We found that many times we go in, the upgrading that the prior owner has done, it, it didn't meet our standards. And it, would, it wouldn't be consistent from unit to unit. So this property had not been touched. So that gave us the opportunity go in and start from the ground up to renovate it the way we want it to be consistent with everything from unit to unit. Do I sense a little bit of uh, Vivian wanting to be an interior decorator and getting her opportunity <laughs> to plan a whole project? Yes, yeah, you, you know me too well, don't you? <laughs> <laughs> I only buy property so I can do, uh, do design work. <laughs> Gosh, I know well, I know a few people that way, my friends, and they do, and they get. It. But usually, though, that if it's your um, what's the word, your passion, 
then you yes. do it well, right? Yes, I think I do it well, and I, it's something I really enjoy, taking something that's, you know, broken, ugly, and uh, making it pretty and, and uh, making it a nice, uh, comfortable place for, for people to live. That's very rewarding. And also, Dale, you know, it gives me the opportunity to get her out of the house from spending too much money into the house and she's spending it on the apartment. <laughs> That's a good move. Make her, yeah. make, her, make her put her time into something that earns you some money, right? Yeah. Uh, I don't know if you guys know this or not, but you've got all these properties in Arlington, but one of the things that interested me when I was up there teaching in Arlington is uh, that Arlington has the highest apartment density in the country. Did you know that? No, we did not didn't know, know that. that. There's more apartments per capita. And I remember I was up there one time, and we were talking to somebody, and Arlington was, at the time, trying to stop people from building apartments there because there were so many of them. And uh, I thought that was so interesting because... I found out something about population control I never understood in taxation. That was, if you live in a big old multi-million you know, million dollar, multi-million dollar house, and uh, I pay taxes on multiple millions, there's me and no kids living here, so there's no school, there's no police problems, there, there's no, you know very little, uh, whatever you call it, Political capital need to be spent, uh, you know, for construction or anything. But if you live and you have an apartment complex, it's a multimillion-dollar apartment complex, you've got thousands of people living there, hundreds of kids going to school, and they're going, man, don't build any more of these. We don't want to take care of all these kids. But you guys went in there and taken all these properties over in Arlington and turned them around. So I'm assuming that most of these have been, what, 70s, 80s, 90s construction? What are the ages of these properties? Well, that the first one, uh, Tuscany, was actually 1965, I believe. Yes. Yeah, 1965. Well, the one, the one uh, in Dallas, the first one was 1964. Uh, second one was 1965, and then Cooper Park was 79. 79. Uh, and then, so we we keep going up in in. Well, I guess you could say down <laughs> in years to. Um, the one in Waco is um, 1984, and then Arlington is 1984 or 83, 83 yeah. as well. So, so you're following yeah. the tendency of most real estate investors. We buy stuff that's a little newer each time, uh, yeah. get cl closer to the front end of the market and from away from the back end of the market. But you think about that one, built in 65, that's 50 years old, actually 55 years old. Man, that's amazing. Until you think about this, and this always gets me, uh, you guys came from the east, uh, actually not the east coast, but east, further east. Mm -hmm. The older parts of the country, like the eastern seaboard, they had a hurricane there and uh, in New York. I remember them flooding out all those uh, houses along the coast there. And they were saying, mm -hmm. this house is 200 years old, and it belonged to my mother and father and their parents. And so my grandparents lived here, my parents lived here, and now we live here with our kids. And I'm thinking... Who actually lives three generations in a house? And it really freaked me out. But then you start talking about this stuff. We're thinking here, you know, 55 years old should have been torn down. And the comparative to me, which I thought was so interesting, is one day I'm driving to my office in Arlington. And uh, I see this giant football stadium. I think it's on 183 or something like that, whatever the road is. And I'm driving down that, going to my office. And then I come back a month later, and it's gone. 
you guys eliminated a football stadium in one month. And in Houston, <laughs> we've had the Astrodome for 50 years and not knocked it down. Wow. What is about that, man? That's amazing. Do you have zoning in Dallas? Yes, we, we do have zoning. Yes, we do have zoning, in, especially in the suburban areas. I'm not real familiar with the bigger city like Dallas and Fort Worth, but definitely in the suburbs, yes. See, that's the difference. In Houston, we don't have any zoning. You could, you could build a, a church next to a liquor store, and they wouldn't care. <laughs> it just doesn't matter. Wow. Okay. Um, so you guys have got these things all here. And the point I'm getting to is that this is Arlington. This is a really, I would call it like a, it's in the, right in the middle between Dallas and Fort Worth, but it's like a sleepy community to me. Mm-hmm. Would you yeah. agree with that? Doesn't it feel kind of yeah. like it's a really residential area is the point I'm getting to. Right, right. It's not, it's not as dense, you know, as a Dallas or Fort Worth. Um, it's still considered a suburb, but it's it's over three hundred thousand people in Arlington. So yeah, it, it's, it's a suburb dense, stuck between two big cities. I don't know. Right. Exactly. What is it a suburb right. of? You can't even tell because you can go from one to the next to the next and not even know you've even changed cities, right? So it's That's it's true. a. But the point I'm getting to is I'm trying to get this. You guys have mastered this area. You know that area. And yeah. and. That has made it possible for you to be able to excel. I call that farming an area. You find an area and you find out what the soil's like and find out what the you know plants grow there well and you planted and grow and made it happen and took care of them. Which brings me to yeah. the next question. Why Waco? <laughs> <laughs> well, when we um, started looking uh, after uh, we purchased Cooper Park, um, Everybody was, you know, the prices started to go up after the economy started to get better. The prices of properties just shot up. So a lot of investors started looking in what we call tertiary, secondary and tertiary markets for better priced properties where the rents weren't that much lower. Um, so, um, and this was actually pre um Fixer Upper. If everybody knows Fixer Upper, the show that uh, on HDTV that's based in Waco. This was pre that. Um, but we just thought, well, let's start look everybody else is looking in these other markets. Let's see what we can find. Um, and we found this property was a um, it was a solid property, uh, needed some management help, uh, but it was solid and so we we pulled the trigger. And this is the largest one you've done. Did you find it uh easy to raise the capital for that larger property? Actually, it, it, we raised the capital a lot quicker than we actually anticipated. Yeah. Well, again, we kind of made a name for ourselves. Um, and so a lot of, of uh, passive investors were on our list looking to get on our list. And so it really wasn't bad. It actually was one of the easier ones out of all the ones we've done. What made it easier, Vivian? Um, just just having the experience behind us and, and the investors. And it was a lot of more, you know, when we first started in Lifestyle, the Dallas office was fairly young. Um, so we had a lot more uh, investors uh, in Lifestyles. We had a lot more experience. Return investors. Uh, return investors, exactly. We had a lot of, of our investors that, that uh, wanted um, in our next deal, too. So 
we already had quite a few investors before we even um, took on the property uh, to start raising money. So that, that's what made it easier for us. Did you find that the economics of scale made it easier to manage or to at least staff? Well, we got to go to break. Save that question. We'll be right back with uh, Cornell and Vivian Williams and the Del Wamsley Radio Show. Austin's Talk 1370. Welcome back. Now, here's some more unconventional wisdom to set you free from the man on a mission to retire America one person at a time, Del Wamsley. Welcome back to Del Wamsley Radio Show. With me here today is Vivian and Cornell Williams out of Dallas, and uh, they're talking about the uh, project they did that was uh, 256 units, and I was asking them, did they see any economics of scale? And then really, just so that someone's tuning in right now, you've owned a 41-unit, a 70-unit, a 180-unit, a 103-unit, and a 256-unit. And what I'm asking is, uh, tell the audience the difference in staffing and how much uh, difference it was as far as your effort necessary with different size properties. Well, as we found out, um, buying a, uh, what we consider smaller, like the 41 unit and 70 unit, the 41 unit really couldn't support uh, full-time staff. So we had a part-time manager, part-time maintenance. And so when someone would call at 2 o'clock in the morning with a maintenance issue, emergency or whatever, uh, sometimes Cornell would have to go and, and take care of the issue. Um, and same thing with the manager. If she was sick or um, had an appointment or something, then I was covering the office. So as we and, – and so actually, as we got into the larger properties, it actually was easier <laughs> – for us to manage because you could, it would support more staff. Um, and then even with the 256 unit, we decided to go third party management um, because the management fees are more reasonable at that uh, level of number of units um, than it would be on a 70 unit, say, for instance. And then with the 256 unit, we actually have three people in the office. Um, we have the leasing. Um, assistant manager and manager, and then we have three maintenance staff, which is lead maintenance, assistant maintenance, and a make-ready person. Um, so you have a lot more coverage. So if one of those people gets sick or they need time off, you've got two other people to cover for them. Excellent. So that's no, where the time come in. No more Cornell the maintenance engineer, right? Right. <laughs> <laughs> And yep, I can see Cornell going. We're going bigger. We got to get, get some more maintenance guys. I'm not. I'm not driving out at night to take care of a stopped-up toilet. So, guys, let's talk about this for a second. Um, looking back, just kind of summation of all this. Looking back now, over this many years you've been with us, um, what would you say to people that are just getting started right now? Do you have any insight for them? Well, I always say because, you know, we got started back in uh, 2008 and we've been in 13 years and, you know, we've done, you know, five or six deals and we, we've done well. But the thing that we would change is starting sooner. Exactly. We, could, we wish we had gotten to Dallas sooner. So I would say, you know, to the new people, don't wait. Don't wait. Take some action. Okay, and um, 
what else would you say to them if there's anything else you could give them? Because that's a good point. Always start sooner than later. Anything else? Which direction should they think about going? Or is, do you have any opinion on that? Well, I would say, you know, everybody's situation is different. Um, lifestyle is there to help, you know, help people figure out what is the right direction based on what their goals are, what their financial situation is. Um, but um, I think because we had already kind of put our toe into the the pool, I guess you can say, of multifamily, we started right away in multifamily. We do have some single family. Uh, but our focus was multifamily, which allowed us to go faster, you know, quicker with our with our uh, a financial plan. Um, so it, it's it's you know obviously going to depend on where you are in your life and where you're trying to go and how fast you want to get there and the resources you have available to do that. Where are you at as far as friends and family? Uh, Ten years into it, obviously, people know you're, you're serious about it. You've got it. Uh, did you ever have a situation where the friends or the family weren't on board or they were like, oh, my God, Vivian, what are you doing? Well, you always have those people who are skeptical. Um, but, again, our situation was a little different than most. We had already kind of uh, started this, and people were seeing our success in our family. Um, so we didn't get too much pushback, and we do. We have some very supportive uh, family members. Um, so I think we were lucky in that respect that we had a lot of support from our immediate family, um, and and so that made it a lot easier for us. Whereas other people, you know, they they've never done this before, and they don't have any family members that've done it. Actually, my father had already purchased some some uh, rentals as well, so he was definitely supportive. Um, but other people, you know, it, it might be a, a tough road, but we knew, you know, it's the right way to go. So, so we, we plowed, you know, we plowed forward. Is there any legacy plans in this for you guys, for the family? Oh, wow. Absolutely. I'll let Cornell talk about that. <laughs> well, legacy plan, of course, uh, we, we have kids and we're actually working with our son right now who was started off, you know, with single family houses. So he kind of starting, you know, from uh from that point of view, but he is starting. So our legacy is, you know, to get our kids into the real estate so they can realize, you know, uh, financial freedom one day. Excellent. That's always good to see it pass on one more generation uh, so you can leave it behind because someday you guys aren't going to want to work anymore. It's going to go, nope. Absolutely. Right. That's and it. and our, daughter, our daughter did the same thing. She actually was went to college at UNT, and she was majoring in, I think, um, human resources, and all of a sudden she changed her ma her uh, major to real estate property management uh, her junior year. And so she actually went into the field as a property manager um, out of school as well. Hmm, that's interesting. That's yeah. that's quite a change. So it looks like you do have some legacy work in there. That's a good thing. And uh, I guess the last thing I want to ask you here as we break off here, am I going to see you guys at this year's expo? Oh, yes. <laughs> Absolutely. We can't wait. Yes, we can't wait. I hope it's in person. <laughs> yeah, I can't wait either. You know, I'm tired of this stuff. So, well, guys, I appreciate yeah. you coming on and sharing your story with us. And uh, I know that you've uh, done a lot in Lifestyles, and I look forward to you doing another two or three or four years of good stuff before you retire and go away. But up until then, 
the rest of you out there remember this. They're not doing this for a little money. They're doing this for a lifestyle. Have a wonderful day. We'll see you all tomorrow. Thank you. Thank you for listening to the Dell Wamsley Radio Show, teaching you the opposite of everything you've been taught so you can obtain the results you've never obtained. Join us seven days a week. Can't get enough? Visit DellOnTheRadio.com to listen to the Dell Wamsley Radio Show, access past show podcasts, and join the conversation. Odyssey celebrates Mother's Day, brought to you by T-Mobile. You can count on T-Mobile to help you stay connected on America's largest 5G network. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com.